so we're here with the second episode of the Stay Celtic Lockdown podcast, uh, and we're joined by Tony Sullivan. Uh, so I'd just like to welcome Tony to the uh, podcast. Uh, I know this is one people are a lot looking forward to. Um, no pressure then. <laughs> so I'll start off. Um, I know you'll have spoke a lot about your career at Stanley Bridge to many fans while you were there um, and since you retired. Um, just tell us a bit about how it came about that you joined Staley Bridge and then what it was like to be at that at be at the club. Um, well, before I start, I, I, I'd just like to, you know, I'd like to dedicate this podcast to uh, one of the Staley with Celtic fans who's no longer with us, Cowboy, um, and his and his and his wife Claire. Um, I've reached out to Claire um, the past couple of weeks, so um, I'd just like you know I'd just like to give him a mention because you know a lot of the reason why I was I did so well at Daily Bridge was because of people like him and people like yourself and and other fans who, who, who were who were still with us and those that are, who aren't with us. Um, so I hope you don't mind me um, just just putting that out there early because I think. The fans played a massive part in my career at the club, and I think you know it. If it wasn't for the fans, I don't think I, I don't think I would have been the person that I am today. Or the, and if it wasn't for the club, I wouldn't be, you know, the person that I am today. So you know, Staley Bridge, I owe Staley Bridge Celtic a lot. You know, so I just I just want to put that out there to everybody. Um, but so back to your initial question. So I was just a. Young young lad just playing football on a Sunday with his with his mates for the mainstay and I had a bit of a sort of like I was getting a bit of a reputation in Liverpool in terms of you know like scoring goals and stuff and I was pretty quick back in those days for those that that remember um, I was quick on the pitch and I was also very quick off the pitch as well um, but I, I I remember there was this guy who used to come to the games every Sunday and I'd see him in a, like a big blue big long coat. And he looked, uh, he looked like Bungalow Rainbow, just just a big man, a big big man with big with big red hair. And I, I used to see him in the corner all the time, and he'd just be there. And when we'd finish the game, you know, you know, you're getting the stuff in, and stuff, he'd like, oh, oh, when you'd be like, all right, and nobody really knew who he was. And then um, one day, we we'd had a game, and I remember walking off the pitch, and he just like. Somebody had said, uh, a friend of mine, well, two friends of mine, Brian Sinnott and Mark Murphy, had said that, that, that there was somebody coming to watch me um, and that they'd been watching a couple of times. And obviously, there'd been a couple of... Back then, if a non-league club came in for you or a non-league team, whether it be a, a local team or whatever, it's all, it, rumour got around. So um, he pulled me to one side, Brian and Brian Kettler, he just said to him, I want you to come down and have a go at Staley Bridge Celtic. Do, do you know what Staley Bridge Celtic is? Now, I'm not going to lie. I didn't have a clue. I thought it was a wind-up. I literally thought, this fella is, is you know, taking the piss. And this was just like, no, there's no way. So, back then, I didn't even think if I had a mobile phone. And um, I remember um, 
the next day I was I was with my friends outside outside in, in me outside my mum's house and um as we saw this car coming up the road and where we live, you know who's who's in all the cars, you know whose cars they, they were back then. So a couple of us were like, Who's this? And, and I remember one of the lads saying, It's, it's the police, he's on my car and we were like, What are you doing coming here? Do you know what I mean? We're not doing nothing wrong at that time. <laughs> and as the car pulled up, my mates all just sort of looked and it had Lock, I think it's Lockwood and Greenwood on the side yeah. And it, it said, um, stay with Celtic. So I went to my mates, this is this fella from this footy team. And they were like, a footy team? And he gave them a car. And I was like, yeah, yes. Serious? So he had the conversation with me. And I remember in the, uh, that night I was playing for Prescott in a game. And um, he said, go and play your game tonight and I'll speak to you tomorrow. But, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm serious about wanting, wanting you to come and sign. So I went to Prescott to, to the game for Prescott. I can't remember who we were playing. And bear in mind, you know, Prescott was my Saturday team and he'd been watching me on the Sundays. And back then, you know, you played for both. The Sundays was to play football with your friends and the Saturdays, you know, you, you got a little bit of beer money or whatever. And so I went to the game in the night and I remember after the game... It, the chairman and the manager were very, very, like, very sort of sheepish, not sheepish, but like wanted to speak to me on their own kind of thing, trying to get me away from the group. And I was a little bit like, what's this all about? No, I didn't know this, how this situation worked at the time. And I remember the, the, the manager saying that he wanted me to sign a contract. And I was like, a contract? For what? I, I play for you? And I, I don't know. I don't know why you would want me to sign a contract. And bear in mind, I'd, 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 if I'm being honest with you, I didn't really pay much attention to what Brian had said to me during the day. I was, I, I was still like laughing because I was thinking, who's this fella coming to my mum's house in, in, in a car with Sadie Bud Celtic on the side? And then I remember having it, I remember it sort of, it sort, the penny sort of dropped, but I was like, well, hang on a minute. There's, there's incest from another club. Now, I didn't understand how the situation worked back then, and I st- probably even to this day, I still probably don't understand how it works in non-league because you know as well as I do, you know, lads will go and sign for another team for a... because they've got a, an idea an extra £10 or whatever, so it was one of those for me. And I remember them like saying, "Say to me, look, we want you to come in, and we want you to sign this deal, and we'll give you this." And and I was I was like, mm, "We're all on the same here. I don't understand why you want to give me any extra." And I just said, "Look, I'm not. I don't. I don't see the point in in signing a piece of paper. I, I play for you, and that's that." And then um, I remember the next day, um, I, 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 um, it was the I think it was the Tuesday. Brian come back to me in mum's house. And said to him, he lived around the corner from me, which was a bit, a bit surprising. You got to remember as well back then that there was like people raving about Leeds Sunderland back then, and Lee's a good friend of mine. I've grown up with me all my life, you know, we're still friends to this day. So he, he was, he, I, I, everyone was talking about Lee. Nobody ever, I never really thought anybody thought that I could play football. I just knew that, I, you know, I was, I was half decent. And then I remember the Tuesday. Uh, Brian, I spoke to Brian on the Tuesday afternoon and he, he said to me to meet him outside the Eagle and Child Pub in, 
where I live. Um, and he would take me to, to Bower Fold um, that night. So um, I, I remember, I, I remember, like, I, I, if I close my eyes, I can, I, can, I can remember the driving up there. I can remember going down that little windy road around the back. And then I remember when we pulled in onto the car park, and I remember walking into the dressing room and like the lads were sort of like like looking at me like who's this kid? Do you know what I mean? Who's this? Who's this 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 lad that he's brought in? And he walked Brian walked me out you know, um, at the top of the stand where you can sort of you could get out up to the top of the stand and look you look out yeah. and you look out onto the whole of the pitch. Well, I remember as I w- walked out and as I looked out. As I look, looked out, the lights were on, and I was just like, I felt, I felt, I felt like I was the smallest person in the world. It just felt like when I looked out, I just felt like there was like a hundred, like fifty thousand seats. Do you know what I mean? I was looking at the ground, and I was looking at, I was just like, wow, this is, what are you doing, bringing me here? I just play on the park. I just play on the park with my mates. It's, this is bizarre. So um, I signed and got it, got it done. And I, and I remember speaking to Prescott and they weren't happy. Um, they were very, very unhappy with me. But at the end of the day, I was like, you, you know, I've gone from playing on the path to playing in the league below the football league in the space of seven days. And uh, I... I I, th- I don't know why, but I think I made my debut against Dover on the Saturday. And um, <laughs> there were a couple of, like, when I turned up on the Saturday, so we, we travelled through with the, with the manager, with Brian, and there was Witty in the car, and, oh, there was, I think, there might have been Ronnie, Ronnie Goldberg might may have been in the car. Um, and I remember walking into the dressing room on the Saturday, having signed, and I remember Brendan Baird, and Hawley, Hawley centre half and Brendan and and I'll like because I was a, a little scallywag scouse who just walked in the way Hawley and Brendan treated me. I was Brendan put his arm around me and you know Brendan was a legend at the club, you know and still is. You know a lot of the uh, you know and I never remember he had this like leather coat on <laughs> <laughs> and being me who I am. I, I think I said something to him, like, uh, you know, I said, oh, how come you're not playing? And he said, oh, I'm injured. And I, being me, I think I said something like, oh, you've got an audition for Greece. <laughs> and I don't think he realised, but that, and then he sort of started laughing. And then he, he just told me, look, get, just get, get your head down. It'll be tough. You know, it's not what you're expecting. And um, he just said, you know, you'll be fine. The lads will look after you out there. And... I was like, I don't need nobody to look after me. I'm, I'm cool. Being the mind, I'd only been to about a phone and there was no one in there. So it gets changed. I'm walking out onto the pitch. As I walks out, it hit me then. And I'm like, there's, there's, there's a few hundred people here. There might even be a thousand people. Um, I'm looking around, I can just see faces and... You can see people staring at you, who's this? And there's a couple of whispers, and I'm like, oh my God, what? And at part of me, I, my heart sank a little bit because I was like, you know, I'm all like making a fool of myself on a Saturday, on a Saturday <laughs> or a Sunday when there's one man and his dog there. But there's, 
a lot of people here and, and, and you know, they're expecting something from me. And, and I remember um, Carwin Williams was the forward. He hadn't scored. And uh, I set him up. We, I think we drew one all. And I got man of the match. And he um, was in the barn as I was walking. And everyone was like, oh, you're brilliant. Well done, kid. And, and, and bear in mind, it was the only time I'd ever worn a tie for, for any other occasion other than when I was in trouble. So... Go, going into the clubhouse I've got this big stupid tie on and I'm, I'm just and everyone's patting me on the back and I'm, I'm the, you know I'm man of the match Tony Sullivan go and get you and I was like whoa what is so I'm, I, that, I, it was then and I just thought well if I play like that on my debut I've got to keep that up you're under no pressure now are you and I know I know I didn't but I, I know I remember a couple of, I scored a few goals um, and, but I just knew that something happened to me that, that day when, when it, I think if I'm being honest with you it, it, pro- it probably saved, saved my life it saved and, and I've said this to a, a, lot, of, a lot of people Brian Kettle was the catalyst to Tony Sullivan changing, changing the way he was and changing, changing his life around because playing up in Manchester and, and, and playing up at Staley Bridge it was just, I can't, even now, when I think about it, still, you know what I mean? I still get goosebumps when I think about, about that time in, in, in my life. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's a great way to start the podcast, especially dedicating the, the podcast to Cowboy as well. Uh, he, was, he was one of many people at Staley Bridge that appreciated Tony Sullivan and what he did on the pitch. Um, and that's why so many people are looking forward to seeing the... Um, so, we've, we've just signed for Staley Bridge. Do you remember, uh, unfortunately for you, I think you're an Everton fan. Uh, and uh, do you remember... Cheers for that. <laughs> do you remember going to, walking away and, and standing so, there? Yeah, we've gone to Woken away. I think Evan had just threw them in the cup or something. And I, so from what I remember, Woken away, they had like a, like a, like a big crazy stand. And, and I remember like when I walked out onto the pitch and I think Pulver or someone said something to me, you're all right. And I was just like looking around and they were like, what? And I was like, Everton were in there the other week. I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, yeah. What well, uh, the best way I can explain it to you is if you know, I, I'm from a I'm from a, a, a council estate in in Liverpool, and there are a lot of young lads like me out there who who play football and dream of of going to play in the league or jeans to be a professional and you, you sort of fall a little bit short from it and that was me so when a team, when you get asked and then you're going to play Rustin and Diamonds and you've got that electronic scoreboard and your name's on the electronic scoreboard you know when the teams are out and for five minutes you're just staring at your name and there's all chaos going on around you in the game and you're just thinking there's my name up there and going to Woken and you know Woken's got a great history and you know, giant, you know, the giant killers and all that, and you're going there and you're playing against Woken. 
and you just it, it, it's like it's like so far from the like when you leave state when you leave you know from from the game and you're on your way home and you go back to where you live and you go back to normality Stadiumbridge was like going to and people might think why are you saying Stadium it's like fantasy island I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying that what I'm saying is that it was, I knew I was safe when I was up there. I knew I wasn't going to get into any trouble. I knew I wasn't going to cause any bother. I knew I didn't have to, you know, I knew that, that, that when my friends came to watch me, I knew that, that, that there'd, there'd be no issues, there'd be no problems. Whereas where I lived and where I came from, we had nothing. We never had anything. So, you know, we, it was just, it, it was, it was just like, being transported to it totally like people singing your name and fans with your name on the shield. I mean, I'm just a, 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 a lad from Liverpool, and there's there's people like asking you for autographs. I remember signing my first couple of autographs, <laughs> and I forgot how to write. So if someone might have an autograph, it's just got a, a, like a big squiggle. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I was I like I'd be going, why are they asking for autographs? And like they'd be like, because. They love us. They, 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 you know, when they ask you for your autograph, it's because you mean something to them. I was like, why are they asking me? Do you know what I mean? I, I couldn't get my head around it. It was, it was just one of those, like, like I know, like, I mentioned Pova there. Like, Pova was, you know, the way he was with us, and there was loads of characters at the club. Martin Saw, Peter Barnes, when I first went there, they, I mean, Peter, Tony, Tony, Sully. That's, that's just, you know, it seems to me like I was one of their own. So when you're talking about going to grounds like, like going to Woken and places like that, yeah, I wasn't, I was starstruck. I was starstruck most of the places that we ever went to. I remember we played against uh, Brian Kilclany, but in the FA Cup, and for the first 10 minutes of the game, I was asking him what Wembley was like. And he's putting lumps out of me during the game, and I'm just more bothered about what Wembley was like. And played against, um, oh, there was a guy who played for Leeds, won the league with Leeds. He played against, and I was just asking what it was like to win the league. And everyone else was taking it really serious, and I was just being sully, I think. And um, there's many memories that that you'll have from your time. And um, what was it like scoring your first hat trick? Morecambe. Yeah. Uh, so, um, my friends come. Um, my mate, three of my mates, um, Gary Kane. I'll mention them because they'll be made up if you'll yeah, ever see it. Colin, yeah, Gary Kane, Colin Skellorn, and uh, Tony Ollie. Tony was the only one of us that had a car. And it was legitimate. He had a driving <laughs> license and everything. It was sweet. And I remember we um, goes to the game and, and he was saying, are you going to be playing? And I was like, your guess is as good as mine. Do you know what I mean? I, it is what it is. Oh, I hope you're playing. I hope you're playing. I went, yeah, yeah, sad. And then I remember Kenny Myers was marking me and he had a couple of scouts in the team. And there was a little bit of needle in the game, you know, and... I think anybody who knew me as a player, I mean, you know, I got sent off five times when we were in the treble. So I'd, sometimes I lit, when I lit the touch paper, I couldn't extinguish it and I'd just explode and I let myself down, let the play, club down. 
But that day, they were just booting me. And, and I've always said this, if anybody knows me or anybody's played against me, the best way to stop me from having a good game is be nice to me, talk to me, get on me, you know, have a conversation with me during the game because I switch off. These started booting me and giving me, who do you think you are? And, you know, giving me a mouthful of abuse and that. And I thought, okay, if that's how you want to do it, then we'll do it that way. And I remember scoring, and I remember my first goal when I scored. Um, at the back of the, I could see all my mates. So I was pointing at my mates, and everyone's jumping around. And my mates are like, you know, just jumping around as well. And I was like, get in. And then I got another one, and I was think- I wasn't thinking of getting an axe. And and then obviously when the third one went in, it was a bit of pandemonium. I was, um, it was like. Uh, I can't even explain to you the, the feeling of when you look I remember vaguely I just remember like the, the smiles on people's faces and it wasn't so much that we'd won the game I just think people were just happy that that I'd, that I'd, that I'd done it do you know what I mean it was something that people could always go remember that attic that that kid scored for us and there was loads of people at the club who, who always wanted me to do well because they, I think they saw me as one of them. I think that, I think that was what was the reason why everybody saw it. Why they related to me a little bit. They knew I wore my heart on my sleeve. They knew that if, they, if I played, I'd give it 120% effort. I mightn't be the best player on the park, but they knew I would run from the first to the last whistle. I'd throw myself into tackles where people would be like, he's stupid. Him. But it was, it, was just, it was just a magical day. And... I remember the following season, um, first game of the season we were at home and the programmes came out and the cover of the programme was the was that game and there was a picture of me on the programme and I've still That's got a... I've still got some so somebody had took some photographs and they're still upstairs in the loft as well with me with me medals. So. That was one hat trick you scored. What about the one in the FA Cup against Murphy Tidville? It wasn't hat trick in Oh, was it Murphy. not? No, no. So what happened against? <laughs> but it's a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> so we've gone to Murphy Tidville on a, I think it was a Tuesday, and uh, um. It was not not down the corner, shall we say? It's a long way away. Other than going to the conference or like going to Yeovil and 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 Dover and places like that, it was miles away. And I remember, um, I think the game was on S four C or there was highlights on S four C, and um, it was FA Cups. I think it was just before. I think we've got Chester in the next round, and I just remember the ball fell to me and. I've struck it, it's gone in. And um, I remember celebrating, and in non-league, you celebrate with your fans because they're behind the goal. And I've ran around the back of the goal, and I'm thinking, why isn't nobody jumping round? <laughs> and it wasn't our fans, it was their fans. And um, I've heard some insults, but they sound funnier when, they, when, when they're in, in a Welsh accent, and they're trying to throw me pies at you. Um, and... <laughs> And I'm, 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 I was like running, like with 
Leandro, and I realised that the further along I was running, the closer I was getting to them. So I tried to turn around and go the other way, and they were just throwing stuff that side. So I was sort of stuck between a load of meat pies. So I finally got myself <laughs> away, and then um, we got them in the... It was a replay. We got them back at our place, and I scored in the replay as well. Um, they, they put the, the team side of the said a 25-yard thunderbolt, but it was... I reckon it was a 35-yard rocket. Um, you scored 55 goals in your time at Stonebridge. Should have scored, scored a hell of a lot more. I missed, I missed far too many chances. <laughs> Do you have one that stands out more than any other? Free kick against Barrow. one one nil. The Bowerfold bog. Um, <laughs> uh, Gary Bresson only took three kicks I think Gary was injured that day put the ball down and, and I remember I was standing over it and someone said are you going to hit it and I said well do you want it no, no. and I, I think this conversation lasted about five or six seconds next thing I've just ran and hit it it's gone right in the stanchion and <laughs> I think Every person in the ground was shocked. First of all, that it had gone in. Second of all, someone allowed me to take the free kick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, another, I scored an action against Aki um, away. And um, my mate Jamie Spear, he was their goalkeeper. And when it, the third one went in, I stood over him. And he grabbed me by the throat and nearly popped my eye out because he squeezed my head that hard. <laughs> and <laughs> he was going to kill me because <laughs> I was laughing at him because I scored it at him bearing in mind I looked up to Jamie Spear because he was the first like uh, when I was following Evan I still follow Evan when I go to the game you'd see Jamie in the programme and he was the only, well, like one of the only black lads who played for the club so I had a lot of respect for Jamie I've never ever told him that but um, yeah uh, against Atkinson Um other goals. There wasn't that many to talk about, so I know I just I just I think I, I enjoyed more setting goals up as well because like if the majority of goals that are set up like for for Parry or Jonah or Matty McNeil or or other strikers that are, that, that that one on the pitch, you know, imagine that. I'd, I'd probably just put it on a plate for them and he'd only have to tap it in. It was, you know what I mean? So I think, I think assisting goals was, for me was, was a, I enjoyed the, the, the feeling of scoring goals. I'm not, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, but I think I assisted a hell of a lot more than what I've scored. Um, one of the main highlights of your Celtic career uh, must be the treble season. Um, I know you was at the treble reunion night and spoke about it then um, but for people that weren't there what was it like to be involved in that squad well um, I'll probably just might take a little bit of a while now so you got to you got to look at it so I've been there for a significant period of time I've seen good lads come and go Mark Powell's Loopy Coulter you know good lads you know <laughs> Um, I've seen managers, Mel Sterling and him, David Hardy, um, who didn't like me, or Sundle, 
ain't some good gone then. Um, and we had a bit of a bust up with Sterling and Verardi, and they wanted rid of us. And then Mark, I remember Mark Hine, he used to play. He wanted rid of me as well. Yeah, I, I signed for Winsford, um, and don't steal. I'd gone to, I didn't want to leave Staley Bridge, and I'd, I'd gone. And I had a conversation with Dalton at a training session. And I signed the form because I just thought my time was up at Staley Bridge. And then I got a phone call from Peter Barnes. Eh, What's this, Amelian? You've left. I said, I've been told I'm surplus to the requirements. He said, that's not happening. The fans will go mad. You need to get back. Um, and when I turned back up, Martin told him that. Well, like, what's going on? And I was just telling them. And they were just like... No, no, that it, it, but there's going to be changes, blah, blah, blah. And, and then there was Booty who came in with Kev Keelan, and they were really good for me as well. You know, they they always had me back. And bearing in mind, I didn't drive at this time. So one time, this is prior to the treble in season, <laughs> I used to get the train, me and Lee Tundon, Lee didn't turn up one day. <laughs> and um, I was on the train, and I remember waking up. I was felt dozed off, and I remember waking up. And I just said to I looked out the window and I was like, I don't recognise this. I don't know what's going on. So I just said to some guy in the train, hey mate, where am I? And he went to next stop to Leeds. I said, Where's Staley Bridge? He went to four stops back the other way. <laughs> I went, What? He went to four stops back the other way. I had to get off the train, I had to run across the like more or less run across the track to Leeds Central Station, jump on a train, got back to Staley Bridge, and when I got to the train and station, it finished. And then I had to get back on the train and get on. So the club had been really supportive of me because of you know I, I, I'd been in a bit of trouble back in Liverpool as well, and and obviously signing. I think I'd signed a deal under Sterling and Verardi, and that got that got me out of the trouble that I'd got into back at home. And the club was fantastic with me, unbelievable. Um, they made sure that you know the the, the issue that I had back home. Um, it got sort of resolved and I was you know free to just get on as long as I didn't get into any more trouble I was fine and and then um, I, I, I didn't resent signing the deal I resented I was signing the deal because uh, I think Sterling and Verardi stitched me up a little bit but look I was you know I, was, I'm not, I wasn't a kid then I, I was old but I was still you know I was still a young lad at heart so I did not hold any grudges over that and then and I remember we played a game and um, the, I think Kev Keelan had just left. I'm, I'm, I'm unsure whether he came just before Phil or, or there was someone prior to them. But I'm, I'm almost certain it was Kevin Keelan had gone. We weren't doing really well. There was a couple of issues on the pitch and we weren't producing the results and the fans were getting a bit disgruntled. And I just remember... Um, we had a game, I think I was on the bench, and I, I kept like, I was looking up into the stand and I could just see this, it must, it, I could just see this fella who, who, who looked like he'd just come back from the Bahamas. <laughs> he had a great tan, he was like, he was in the middle of Manchester, I was like, this fella shouldn't be here, and then the rumour gets around, it's Phil Wilson, and I was really scared to meet Phil, to be fair, because of what I'd heard about him previously. And um, he he came in and he he put he took no prisoners to be fair when he first came in he 
he sort of made it quite clear who he wanted to stay and, and who he didn't. And I was probably one of those maybes, I think, was a worth taking a chance on. You know, was I a liability? Was, and to be fair to Phil, he made sure I turned up at every training session. He came and picked me up. He came, came literally practically at me front door and was, was collecting me for football. And for somebody to go out the way and do that for you, you know, you've got to give them 110%. So, he had, he had, you know, we had my full bathroom. And people always used to call me son of Phil. And I probably was a little bit. Because I think, I think Phil and, you know, Phil and Wardy, when Wardy came in, it, that was just, for me, that, that, that was the turning point for me, bringing Peter Ward in. Because Peter Ward got me. I don't know what it, what it was, but Peter Ward understood me. He understood what made me tick. He understood everything about me. He, he, he understood when there was things going on back home, you know, because I was, like, doing my best to stay out of bother. You know, Phil got me a job. You know, I, I was working. I couldn't believe it. You know, I was, you know, all these things that they were doing to help me, and I was like, well, I've got to, you know, I've got to give them everything I've got, every single bit of Tony Sullivan. I'm, I'm going to make sure that these two see the real, you know, who I, who, who I could potentially be. And then I remember we, he was started bringing in like Matty, Matty Williamson came in, and you know, Scotty, and me and Scott, Scotty was a really, really good friend of mine. We had Degsy Ward was already there, and Cookie came in, and. Filson came in, and then we had Gary Barres. Jonah was already still there, and you just started to see Dominic Crooks, Lockie, Gary Ingram, God rest his soul, and you just started to see something was happening. And we just had this, and I think it was this pre-season, and I don't, I don't think many people know this story. So we are, you know, when you have trials that come into into the games. You know, yeah. it's come pre-season. We had this lad, I couldn't remember his name, but he came and he was saying he played reserve team football in Italy. And we were like, there's no reserves teams in Italy. What's he talking about? And he was one of those lads who just, you know, he came all the time, trained. Look, I'm not, I'm not going to turn around and say anybody's a good or bad player, but every time he was like, so Phil would like say to him, you know, do you want a game kind of thing? Let's have a look at your kind of thing. So when training in the training games, you didn't stand out much, but not not I wasn't sometimes I was absolutely awful in training. If you watch me in training, you'd never have you'd never have wanted me to put a kit on sometimes. So this this lad was in and he just do we played oh, I can't think, maybe it was away. And we're doing the wall. So Gary's Gary's taking us across the pitch. So we're jogging all across the pitch and we just turn now the next thing. It's some sunny day pre-season. Philly's clipboard's gone up in the air and he's throwing punches at this, this lad. So we've all ran over, like pulled them apart. Philly's going, get out, get out. And he's going, you can't do that to me. And Philly's going, I can't do that. You've, you know, like there was a bit of an altercation and it was over because Phil had just said to him, look, enough's enough. I've, I've offered you an opportunity. You don't want to take it. He kept like going to see, like say he was injured all the time to Pove and stuff like that. Or I think well, was Pove there. I'm not too sure. And I just remember he was. He kept like saying he was injured all the time. 
And then we that season we sort of started off and I think we were quite physical. So you had Filson who was a battering man and you had Matty McNeil who, by the way, he was hard work, Matty, to play with. He was the angriest person. He was the most angriest, gentlest person I've ever met in my life. If that makes any sense to anybody. You couldn't have a laugh at him on the coach because he just told me to go away. I, 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 <laughs> he absolutely... I used to just wind him up all the time. he just tell me to go... he just go, Slay, go away from me now. And i go, come on, Matty. And at that time, Ali G was out and Matty had an Ali G tracksuit. <laughs> so, I just, like... I just gave him over his clover and he wasn't happy. He, sometimes he'd want to hit me, but he couldn't catch me because I'd just run away from him because Matty was a big lad. And he brought Matty in and... and he, he, I think he was one of the big catalysts, Matty, to be fair to him. He was, him and Joan at, at times, totally unplayable. Sid and Kev Parr, uh, the, Man- the Manchester Mafia. I mean, you know, those two, they came in and Philly really worked as hard that pre-season. It was horrible. But we just knew that there was something and then we kept like, by scoring goals in the last couple of minutes of games and we kept like just just pulling ourselves out of, out of sticky situations and, and I remember that season I got sent off at home against Emily Gary Addo poked me he punched me off the ball and um, Filson story and Filson ran over got into a I tackled him with Don, oh, Don McCrooks had tackled him Filson ran over and I ran over and I poked him in the eye and I got sent off, and, the ref, and I said to the referee, referee, he's punched me off the ball, and he said, so, I, I've watched, I've, I haven't seen that, but I know what you've done. So, obviously, I've been sent to the stands, and I went into the stands with the fans and sang a couple of three songs about Mr. Adol. But, you know, they were big ding-bang battles, but I think once we, once we knew we beat them at home, and we had 10 men, and then we, you know, we had some, we had some tough games on that, on that run, but we just, every time, they won, we'd win. And we just got to the stage where we didn't even, I don't think they checked our results because we didn't check theirs because we knew it would all go down to when we met each other again. And then um, the team spirit that we had, the bonding, the camaraderie, everything about us. I mean, that was the pre-season. I smashed Matty Williamson's car window uh, pre-season after the, we went to train and there was a load of gravel and Scotty was, Giving me the V's because I didn't have a lift back to the gra- back to the ground, <laughs> and I threw a load of gravel at him and smashed his window. <laughs> so <laughs> cost me a few quid as well. That to be fair, I was devastated. And um, you know we had like young Matty who, you know, what a centre half he was for us. Like honest to God, he, he could play that kid, and we had some really re- we had some technically really good players. We had some lads who, yeah, like you were, because you know what I mean. Like to myself, Kev, Sid, could play but could work as well. But you had like lad, like Gary Bress and just led us, and 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 I mean led us from led us properly. Wouldn't wouldn't accept anything less if you pulled out of a tackle. God help you when you went in that dressing room. You know if you didn't. If you if you didn't work hard, you didn't track back. We just all 
we're all in sync with each other, but we all had each other's back. So if something happened to one of us, to so say there was a bad tackle, whoever hit you with that tackle in 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 the game, players, you, two or three of the lads, it make sure they let them know that, that, that what they've done. Do you know what I mean? So they get them in yeah. that tackle. And I think sometimes we just we when we were lining up in the tunnel. You just you could just see you know like you know, when you're walking out and they're looking at yeah you just knew we beat you we usually just start we're gonna work harder than years we're gonna be faster than years we're gonna be better than years we're gonna we're gonna want it more than years and I think that was probably one of the one of the big things about that season and then obviously the fans I think the fans knew something was happening something special was happening because. You could just tell after the after games, you know, when the fan that you could see that you know the excitement, the buzz before the game, you know, before the game, you'd you'd watch the ground is just filling up and filling up and filling up, and there'd be people like, you know, one of the fans bought me a pair of boots. Oh, no, I didn't even say them, played in them, scored in the game. You know, the the fans, everyone around the club. Everybody, even after the game in the bar, we'd all stay in the bar after the game. You know, you wouldn't get home from Staley Bridge on a Saturday till half seven, eight o'clock. And that was all of us. We'd all stay behind and, and have a drink with each other and have a drink with the fans and have a conversation with the fans. And the fans felt part of the team as well. They were, you know when people say like the 12th man and things like that, they were, they, they, you know, we had, we had, under the thousand extra players sometimes because of the way the fans were with us. You just, I all, personally, I couldn't look at any of those fans after the game knowing that I, knowing that I hadn't worked hard for them. You know, they were paying my wages as far as I was concerned. Some of them were going out and doing nine to five jobs or whatever and, you know, the highlight of their week was coming to watch Celtic, have a pie, a pint and, you know, come and watch the lads and it just literally grew from there. It was, it was, and out, it was just like an outstanding achievement from from everybody at the club, not just us, us as the players, but the chairman Peter Denley and all the board members and 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 you know the the, the bar staff, Myra, everybody. It was it was everybody's achievements. It was everybody's several act. That's how it felt to me because yeah. we were doing it for each other. You know we, you know we had some. You know, we had a lot of rivalries, you know what I mean? That was going around, you know, we had the Alties, we had, you know, that was a big rivalry at that moment in time as well with us. And we had some other, t- you know, people didn't, a lot of people didn't like Phil as well, to be fair, because of the way he was. You know, a lot of, some players didn't like him, but I, 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 I'd prefer a manager, he'd tell you, he'd just tell you, if you weren't good enough or why you weren't playing. Do you know what I mean? Wardy would be the Wardy would be the glue, the thing that bound bound us all together. You know the way Wardy was, oh, oh, honest, honestly, and he's still involved in the game yeah. today. You know, he's forgot, he's forgot more than some of these people think that they actually know. You know, Wardy was absolutely brilliant for us. He was brilliant for me. He, he, he was like an you know, like I thought, I thought of them and still do. Um, thank you for that. 
and you mentioned that you knew it was coming down to that Emily game. <laughs> recall that for us. Um, so, um, so we've gone with the Thursday night. We've gone to a gym for a sauna and a steam, and it's where I got a bit of. I, I, I don't know if the fan. I know some fans were aware of it, but it in there is some footage of the game, and if you look at the footage of the game, you'll notice it seems to have a skinhead. All by two players, well, two people. One was Matty Williamson because he looked like Thor, and the other one was Phil Wilkinson. Phil Wilson, because <laughs> Philly was never letting me near his head with a pair of head shavers. But every single player on that Thursday night, I was known as the Barber of the Bridge for a couple of weeks because I brought head shavers and we all shaved our hair. And I remember when we got down there, we've walked in and we're trying to keep our distance. And I'm saying to myself, if you play, do not get sent off. If you get sent off, you know what I mean? You're done. Yeah. That's it. You've, you've let, you know, this is your t- time to redeem yourself for what happened. And I, everybody knew I had a reputation anyway, so get underneath my skin, like the match in our fight pot. And um, we were in the tunnel before the game and they had some big, big, big units and they had some good players, Bambrooks, um, so, uh, uh, Ginger. Uh, I know his name, it'll come to me in a minute. Yeah, the big centre half. It was Charlesy. Wow, an absolute monster. He didn't scare me when I was on the pitch, but off the pitch he scared me. If, if that makes sense, when I was on the yeah. pitch, I just didn't care. But off the pitch, if he'd have got hold of me, he'd have, you know, he'd have pulled me head clean off. But didn't bother me. But when I was on the pitch, he was just, he was just another person. And we were lining up in the tunnel. And I just remember we were just looking straight ahead, and we just looked. We were all looking across at them. You know, they just like to. And they're all like standing there, and people, as they're looking down the line, they're thinking, "These none of these have got any air. What's going on?" They've all, and there was only Matty with his hair, with his hair like nice and long, and we were just like looking, just focused, just saying, "This is where it happens. This is this is where we, should be, you know, there was it wasn't like, you no, know, you see two boxes and they go face to face, but they've got respect for each other. Yeah, that's what it felt like. There was no, like, you're, we're going to do this. It was like, well, we'll see out here. Make sure you're ready. You know, that kind of, that kind of talk. You know, we'll see who's ready. We'll see. We'll see. You do what you've got to do. We'll do what we've got to do. We'll see who's the best. Let the best team win. And it was great. I could feel that like, the atmosphere was unreal. And I remember walking out and just hearing the fans. And there was, I don't know how many t- travelled up from Staley Bridge, but I'll tell you thing it felt like there was, Felt like there was thousands there, and you could just see the flags and the scarfs and 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 every and it was just like I remember looking up and I was just thinking to myself, I have to make sure that today I don't leave nothing. I, I leave everything on that pitch. I leave everything I've got. And I remember um, party, <laughs> party got sent off for punching the lad in the face. I, I was, at the time, I was like, 
oh, party, what have you done? I was giving him loads, saying, party, what have you done? I'd done the same thing about four months before because it was him and it was such a big game. I was made up inside. I'm thinking, he's right. I'm not getting it now. He's getting it. I'd say to him, party, did you poke him in the eye with your nose? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were just like, we were like, oh, no. But even then we knew. Even then we knew. I missed a great chance as well. Clean through one-on-one. And um, Sky done highlights at the time. And the guy said, Sullivan clean through, wasteful. I want to know who he is. I'd like to have a conversation <laughs> with that fella. Because my mates taped it, and I think one of my mates has still got it now. And um, I just remember, we, we just, I remember the ball going over the top. I'd just come off, I was done. 2-2. A draw would have done us anyway. But when that, when that ball went over the top and Cookie went on, there was no other player, not one other player, that you wanted that to land to. Because Cookie, that was his signature goal. I don't know what, how many times you see him do, he'd done that over the top. Goalie comes out, lifts it over his head, goal, 3-2. And then pandemonium. And I'm, I remember looking up at the, at the crowd and just seeing limbs there was just arms and legs everywhere we were running around going mental they'd all sunk to the knees and we knew we knew then that 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 was it for them they had they, they couldn't go to the well again they couldn't go back to the you know what i mean you know yeah. they, they couldn't go back to the well uh, and uh, we knew once we got in front that was it that was it we weren't getting beaten we weren't getting beaten and then um, and I remember after the game, the dressing room, they were buzzing and they were like, their manager and Phil didn't really get on. I, I think they do now, but at the time they didn't get on. And there was a little bit of like, oh, you, you know, you don't play 40 the right way and all this. And we were like, well, you know, you, you got to win. It's all about winning titles. That's, that's, what, that's what we're here to do. We're here to, to win the title. We're here to give ourselves the best chance. And then um, we knew. We knew then that it was, it was, it was in our hands, and uh, I remember we we had to go to Droylston on the Monday night, and BBC News wanted to come and cover the game because of, like, don't forget as well, they 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 achieved over a hundred points that season and didn't win a league, you know, for a team to do that and not to win a league, the other team has to has to be special, and we just happened to be that that of the team that season. And, being around that, being there and there about to it all, it just, it, if, if I had never played football again after that point, it wouldn't have mattered to me. Just to see the look on people's faces, you know, going to Droylston. My two uncles came to watch the game, I got the penalty, I think, as well. And um, Lockie scored and celebrating with the fans at the Butcher's Arms and, you know, Look, I know Droylston's no longer in existence, and I know what, you know, a lot of people might say some, you know, might sort out to eye with Pacey, but Pacey and Droylston were a big part of of, of football in in that in Thameside at that at that time, and they had some really good teams, some good players, and that rivalry was what was what was was why non-league football so special, you know. We were just working class lads, ordinary lads, ordinary fans. But you could actually go and, you know, 
you could go to the games and have that banter and, and have that friendly banter. There was never any any nastiness with it. It was always it was always you know banter. You know what I mean? And and, and going there and winning and beating them one 0 And I remember standing on the wall and my uncles were there and I, I just I, I remember filling up because I was like, you know. If anything, you look back and you look back at like achievements that you've that you've had. That was the most notable achievement that I've had in my life at that point. You know, I'd never done anything really where other than sign up for Stadium Bridge, but you know, knowing that you, you're gonna go down in as long as Stadium Bridge Celtics in existence, you're gonna be known as one of those one of those history makers because we made history that season. Knowing that I was that uh, that we were part of a group, a group of lads, brothers, whatever people want to call us, you know. Part of a, of of a club, it was a club thing. It wasn't like I said before; it wasn't just a, a an individual thing or a players thing. We were part of a, of a club that achieved, you know, practically what was at that time. We weren't expected to do that. It was impossible, and we did it. And we did it. And we did it, and did it in, in style as well. You know, we didn't. You know, we didn't crawl over that line. We we made sure. I think we lost the last game at home. When we had the trophy presentation, you know, other than that, you know, we were we were on it. Filson wouldn't have had anything anything less from us. You know, Wardy, even if, even Myra, if we were if we had a bad game or we didn't play well, Myra would tell you when she was giving you a chili con carne. Do you know what I mean? That's how close it yeah. was. That's what it felt like. It was it was just even thinking about it now. It, you know, if someone said to you. Well, drop you back off in a different at a point in your life. Would, would, would I'd probably go back to then sometimes because that's when that's when I was you know that's when it, we, we were happy. That's when it just felt right. It was unbelievable. It was an absolute fantastic achievement by everybody involved. Um, so that sort of brings us to the end of your, that time at Staley Bridge. Uh, before we move on, um, I've got a couple of stories to try and get from you. Let and me see if the kid, if the kid, my kids are here, so go ahead, Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm sure you've got plenty of stories for us, um, just about anything that happened at Staley Bridge. So the couple yeah. I've got, um, there was one where you and Lee Trundle turned up to Blythe um, by by yourselves, and <laughs> and there's and there's one where uh, Sid got his teeth done. <laughs> so uh, the first one, um, Lee Trundle was was an outstanding footballer, unbelievable. One of the, it, you know, made a, had a fantastic career, done really, really well. Um, but probably, you know, probably should have started his career a little bit earlier. And I think when we were at Staley Bridge, it, you know, bear in mind, let's, you know, we both lived, we both lived in the same street. So the chances of two lads both signed for Staley with Celtic, both grew up on the same estate lived in the same street, you know, was, you, you, you couldn't have written that, it was just bizarre. And um, I remember we, 
we'd miss a couple of training sessions. I remember I nearly poked my eye out on a train once when we were going. We used to have to get the train because we didn't drive. And uh, we were messing around with these two girls and I poked a store, pretending I was doing a magic trick, trying to be an idiot with these two girls. And I put, nearly poked myself in the eye and somebody used to, we just used to laugh at each other all the time. Just used to wind each other up and just do stupid things together, do you know what I mean? And um, we were playing away, away and um, we were, there was a big night out on in Liverpool and we needed to get back. But if we'd have got the, if we'd have gone to Staley Bridge and then to, to Blythe, we'd have had to go back to Staley Bridge and then home. So we wouldn't have got, so from Blythe to Staley Bridge, not getting back till about eight o'clock, half eight, nine, especially if you stop off on the way. And then by the time we get to that, from Staley Bridge back home, is another hour, hour and a half. So we're not getting out till half ten, and we really wanted to get out. So we, we, um, we, knew, two, two, we knew a couple of girls who, who had the car, so we decided we've got to be careful in case we misses it, me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we knew that these girls had the car, so um, we coerced them, shall we say, just said, yeah, do you want to come and watch us play footy? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they didn't know they were going to Blythe. <laughs> <laughs> so we made them drive us all the way to Blythe. They waited and watched the game against Blythe. Bearing in mind, Blythe wasn't at that time a nice place to go. Do you know what I mean? You got quite a bit of stick as well. So, And then we got changed, jumped in the car, and it was the longest car. I was saying to Lee, we should have gone on the coach. Because the car journey wasn't great, because <laughs> it was freezing. They were freezing. They're, being the man, you know, women are like getting dressed as well. So they shot his own, and then um, obviously they weren't they weren't best pleased with us. It it was okay. It was fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other time, so we're going to meet, <laughs> and we're like where's Sid? So we had this system where if you were late, you had to pay a fine. So everyone, where's Sid? Where's Sid? Where is he? He's late. He's late. Party's here. Where's Sid? Where's Sid? So party only stitches Sid up. Sid has only got a gone and got a brand new set of teeth, and he's had a Thai green curry the night before. <laughs> got up the next morning, went to brush his teeth, and his veneers are green. So he could. So could you imagine Ginger Sid with green teeth? He couldn't turn up because he wouldn't. Have, he wouldn't have lasted on the coach. And I'm not going to lie; it would have been a hell of a journey for him. It still was because I think we made a. I think I think I think I made up a little like my mate Sid. His his head is as red as the sun. His teeth are as green as the grass, and he just we just he got hammered all the way all the way to the game, and he probably had another. He probably had a worldy anyway because he was that good, Sid. I don't, between, I don't know between, uh, between them and party who, who had the brain. I think they used to swap brains with each other sometimes because they had them were thick. Wow. Wow. They were hard graft them too, but two, two absolutely fantastic lads. Absolutely fantastic. Brilliant to play with, brilliant to, privileged to, to even to be around them and, and, and to call them friends still to this day. Do you have anything else? That happened in your time. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Carl Marginson played for us. And, uh, he goes in for a tackle. And I heard like a yelp. 
So as I've walked over, I'm looking down, and um, the lad's nicked him in between the legs, and it looked like a golf ball was hanging out, and he's lying on the pitch, and I'm like, I'm, he's going to me, Sulla, don't make me laugh, please, Sulla, Sulla, don't make me laugh. But I'm, I'm trying to make light of what I've actually seen, but it's made me feel pretty sick. And um, he's, <laughs> as he's going off on the stretcher, and I'm going to him, Margie, it'll be all right, they'll suck that back in for you, kid. And he's like, Sulla, please don't make me laugh, don't make me laugh. And he'd it, it, it actually, he'd nicked down below and he did himself really, really badly. I just thought it was hilarious. I just thought it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in football. And he just didn't find it one bit funny at all. Um, what else? Wow, there's, there's, there's too many things. So Lee Mason, Premier League referee, we're playing against um, Alti and his brother Andy as... His brother Andy has played in the first game and there was a, a, an issue with his registration, so we've had to play them again in the second game at Staley Bridge Celtic. And uh, there was what can only be described as um, we've gone in at half time and there's murder in the tunnel. Now, you know the tunnel at Staley Bridge, it's not the biggest of places, no. is it? And there's punches getting thrown, it's heavy in there. You know, you, you, you like, it's gone off. And the next thing that just seemed Four legs and dangling from the no down, you know, where you walk out of the tunnel, you look up and there's the stands there. Yeah. Just seeing these two, these two sets of legs hanging over. And the next thing, like Batman and Robin landed in the middle of everyone, and it was Lee Mason and his dad. <laughs> and they joined in the scrap. I'm sure I don't want to be uh, that to be public knowledge. <laughs> oh, it was a long time before he then. Um, He'd become a Premier League official, let me tell you. But yeah, yeah, they were involved. In, in, there was the time when we were, we used to, um, you know, we had like the likes of Josh Howard who came. He was a, like just a, 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 he was a heavy footballer. Josh, he'd been released by Manchester United and he was, you know, me and him got on really, really well. And I think me and him being there at the same time wasn't good, wasn't good for me and it wasn't good for him because I was always up. Always up to up to no good. Um, and um, um, what else? Oh, another time at Sunderland when we went to Yeovil away and Sterling and Verardi with the managers, and um, there was a party in the hotel, and uh, it was full of like vets, you know, vets, animal vets. Can't even say the word. I don't know why. It's just, so. Um, been in the bar, he said, right, you're all in bed by nine, ten o'clock, you've all got to be upstairs in bed by ten o'clock. So me and Sunderland in the bar, next thing, just she's young, young girl, another one, another one. What's going on in there? Yeah, let's go in and have a look. Opens the door, it's full of young women. We're in our stadium with Celtic Saki, so I said, come on, we'll go in for one. So he goes, come on then, so we're in there. Just sitting down, next thing, said, I'll go to the bar. I had a drink. I'll go to the bar again, go ahead then. I goes to the bar. As I goes to the bar, I walks back and I'm going back to where I was sitting and I'm saying, down. I'm like, where is he? I thought, are we talking to someone here? 
something like that. Walk the next thing is seeing the door open. I could see like like you know you know someone's pointing at you, but you don't know who's pointing at you. And it was uh, I think it was Mel Sterling, and it was Trundle pointing at me, telling him that I'd just been a bar, and he was telling me not to go with <laughs> the alien. And then after the game, <laughs> after the game, um, we played over and, and and we didn't play well, and Sterling and Verardi gave it to the pair of us. And I burst out laughing. He was, the pair of them were like absolutely hammering me to the point where I was like, wow. And I just started laughing because I just thought, it's either that or we're going to end up coming to blows. And I'm not really that insisting what you've got to say because they didn't like me anyway, do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I just got the impression that they didn't like me. But no, um, just there were so many times. I, I think for me, the, the best stories I can tell you is, for me, is when you 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 go to the game and or after the game and you know people have little nicknames. So Marty used to call me TT. Do you know what I mean? And the, the nickname, what one of the fans said to you know that only came from Staley Bridge. You know some of the things like just just the. The big, the best story that to come out of Staley Bridge was the person that I am today. Because if it wasn't for Staley Bridge, I wouldn't be who I am today. If I wasn't, yeah. you know, with the likes of Ginge and Carby and them, and you know, they'd be open and frank and, and honest with me about games and performances or about how they felt the team was doing. And even going back, you know, later on in my career and and being able to to to, to go and say. Go, go back and say hello to them and, and, and the way that I was still thought of you know that's the best story that, that ever came out of that place for me yeah. being you know being invited onto to this podcast and you know still being thought of as you know I'm an old man now I'm 46 years of age you know I'm not that little kid anymore but I probably wouldn't have made it to, I probably I'm lucky to be 46 if, if, if I'm being honest with you in terms of because I don't know where my life was heading at that time and the best story I could ever tell you is, and the best thing I could ever say about the club is, and I've said this a few times, is it saved me. It saved me life. You know, if it wasn't for, for the support that I got off the club and, and more importantly, if it wasn't for how, how the fans embraced me and how the fans made me feel and made me the person that I am today. So the, be, the best story would probably be that. Oh, and scoring two against Hyde on New Year's <laughs> Day for the first time that we beat them in it. In it. In many a year, I don't think I bought a berry that day in the bar. We beat them at score twice, I think we beat them 2-1. And um, I remember one of the fans, he, I, thought he was, I thought he was crying. We hadn't beat them for ages and he was like, I can't, he was like, I am so made up we beat them. And I, I didn't realise how passionate people were about the team side derby. And, you know, doing that. Doing that was a special occasion for me as well. I think it was, you know, everything about it is just, it's just, a, it's a memory that I, that I, that I, I never ever want to forget. Yeah. So after that is when you followed Phil Wilson uh, to a couple of clubs. Well, I, I, I didn't want to follow Phil to Southport at first. Um, and if I'm being honest, it was a period of time where I, I was 
I, I, I completely sort of tried not to even think about it, about, about leaving Staley Bridge because it, it hurt me. You know, I got told. So basically what had happened was Phil had got the self-port job and I, I'd, not had a, I'd not spoken to Phil about it. I'd not spoken to anybody. Um, I don't think anybody could get hold of me, to be fair. I, uh, you know, I, so I remember um, we got invited back to Staley Bridge to have a meeting with the new manager. And um, I remember going in. And I remember we all made, so we met in the pub, you know, the pub at the top of, that used to, is it still here, the pub at the top of the hill of Bowl Fold as you come into the, the car park? It's like a pub, there was like a pub on the right hand side. I think so if you're going up the road? Yeah, you, you know, as, as you drive into the car park, I think there used to be a pub on the little corner there, or it might have been the pub up the road. So when, so we go, so we're all having this, so we've all said to each other, right, we'll go into the pub, all the players went in, every one of us, and whatever they say, we'll come out and we'll say to each other, we'll tell each other, so it's like, all right, sound brilliant. So we, the lads go in, come back out, go in, come back out, go back in, come back out. And bearing in mind, we've just been promoted to the conference. Bearing in mind, I've just had my best goals returned for the club. I've been a pivotal part of, of, of what we've achieved. And I remember um, a striker had gone in prior to me. He'd been injured all season, didn't really play a part. And um, they told him that they wanted to keep him. And I went in, and um, and he just, I, I just remember them saying to me, um, we appreciate what you did last season, um, but we want to keep you on what you what you're currently on. And bearing in mind, I was one of the lowest paid players at the club anyway, and I was just like, well, yeah, you know, I was like, okay, I'll need to think about that. And I think, and. You know, you know when somebody says that to you, if someone says, I need to think about it, if you yeah. want them to stay, you come back with, well, well what do you think? Or, and he went, all right, sound, just let us know. And I knew then, I knew then, I, I knew I was gone. And I'd rather either just said to me, I'd rather either just said, look, our type of player. I think they want, I, th- I don't think they wanted to make the decision themselves to let me go because there might have been an issue with a couple of the supporters. I don't know. That yeah. might just be me being big-headed. I don't know. But I don't think the... I don't think... The, you know, I don't think they felt it had gone down too well. So, um, I remember Philly rang me then. So, I, we'd all gone to meet up and went... So, we'd all saying it and, like, a couple of lads were like, yeah, they've offered me this, they've offered me this. And I was like, he's told me he can... Give me what I, what I was on last year, and but other lads were, were, were getting offered more, and I didn't want to be on more than anybody, but I wanted to be on what everybody else was on. Yeah. And then, then then this other striker, um, he told me that they'd offered him more money. He asked him what he was on, and he offered him more money, and I was like, "You never played? You hardly played?" And he went to no. And then I knew then. So then. Um, I got one thing led to another, and I, I think I'd spoken to, I think I'd spoken to Filson, and um, I'd, I'd, I'd spoke to Filson, and I just said, you know, 
I, I don't think I'm going to stay and um, I, just, I don't want to leave but I, I'm being I think it's being left in my own hands to make the decisions to go so you know if somebody doesn't want you there if they're not not prepared to tell you then just you know what I mean just cut your ties with them and then I spoke to Filson and, and then I got a phone call off I think I spoke to Gary and uh, he said well Philly wants to speak to you and then um, obviously Philly had Philly just said look you know you want to come and you know, it's it's a big club, blah blah blah. And I was like, my art's at Staley Bridge, but you know, I'm not wanted there, so uh, yeah, not a problem. And then obviously I went to Southport, and then I went to Lancaster with Phil. And then I started to sort of fall out of love with it because I just felt as though the game was changing in terms of like you'd get a lot of players who, who were more interested in in how they looked, and it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like. Staley Bridge versus Emily, those type of battles, or Staley Bridge versus Ulti, or Staley Bridge versus Hyde, or Staley Bridge versus Girls. And it wasn't like that. There was lads who just, they'd leave a team at the drop of a hat for an extra £10 and a different tracksuit. Do you know what I mean? It was, there was no loyalty in the game. And I started seeing, like, if players went, like, I could accept not being in the team as long as it was told the reason. But, these lads were getting sold the reason and then they, they, they'd be backstabbing in the dressing room and it just wasn't for me. I just yeah. thought that this that's it. I you know what like, this isn't this isn't what this isn't the game that that it that, that it was two or three years ago. And I think you'll find, I think probably some managers will say the same now as well in terms of you know I think players players need to understand and, and realise and respect that that these clubs have been around for 60, 70, 80 years, long before them and long after them, they'll still be going. They're no more, you know, the club is more important than the individual. It's as simple as that. And you have to buy into to the club's the club's way of doing things. And if it's not for you, fine. But don't, you know, don't be disrespectful to clubs or, or, or to managers if, 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 you know, they don't think you're good enough. That's their opinion. You just have to you know, you have to roll your sleeves up. You have to crack on with it. But don't go around dressing rooms and, and, and causing issues. And, you know, when, when and if it doesn't go your way, like when I left Staley Bridge, I never ever slagged the manager off or slagged the club off. It, it was what it was. That was yeah. it. His opinion. And he's entitled to it. You know, Fib, you know, it's entitled to anybody. You know, my opinion is different to anybody else's opinion. Like, you know what I mean? I never held, I didn't hold a grudge about it. It just, it hurt me, do you know what I mean? It hurt me because I, I, I felt as though I, had a, I wanted to stay, but it, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the, the clubs then, and then after leaving football, you moved into management and, and coaching. Well, um, I, became a school, I became a school teacher as well, believe it or not. Um, I got a degree and you know again you know if it wasn't for meeting Brian Kettle Phil Wilson and Staley with Celtic you know I got a degree I'm a school teacher now I work in a, in a school in, in, in a witness St. Peter and Paul Catholic College I teach at the maths do the RP lesson now and again and you know I've been into management as well and 
I enjoyed it, but again, it, it, some of my frustration wasn't about clubs. It was more about players and attitudes and things like that. But yeah. it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, I enjoyed at Leeds. We were, you know, we never had a penny. Had nothing, and nearly achieved something that you know would have been really special. Had some really good lads at the, at the club and. A very similar to Staley Bridge in terms of the in terms of the team spirit and the mentality and, and, and the togetherness. I think that's that gets you so far in football, you know. If everybody's pulling in the same way, everyone's rolling in the same way, everybody believes in your philosophy, everyone believes in what you want to do and everybody sticks together from the, the from the person who pumps the balls up to the person who picks the bibs up you're all the same. You know, there's no hanging Everybody's cheated the same way. If you don't, you get told. And we had we had that sort of mentality at Leeds. And then I think I left Leeds a little bit too early. You know, went to Witten, and I wasn't successful at Witten. And you know, and you know, I held my hands up and took responsibility for that. And a lot of people say, well, you know, there are other external factors. No, there was no external factor. You know, we weren't good enough. It was in our own hands. We got ourselves into. A position where, you know, we could have been successful, but we didn't. And at the end of the day, I was the manager. It was my name above the door, so I take responsibility. And then, um, obviously, I went. I, I ended up back at Celtic, and um, that was just that was just brilliant. I I'd lost my way a little bit, and I was and Liam, and I know, I know Liam, Liam Watson. Is is a, is somebody who uh, uh, my family is indebted to um, through his work with my brother because obviously, you know, I think I think some of the fans might recognise or know my brother because he's been to a couple of games with Liam, at Stadium Bridge games when Liam was the manager there, and he's looked after my brother. My brother, you know, my brother got himself into trouble, and I could have been my brother. That you know, I that's the life I could have went down and. Me, Liam ended up looking after my brother where Liam worked and you know you know, I didn't really get on with Liam at first me and Liam sort of didn't see eye to eye but you know I had, you know, I had to I had to show him the respect that, that, that he deserves because of the relationship he, he developed with my brother and as a family we're, we're forever indebted to him because you know we we put a lot of time and a lot of effort into my brother and you know what I I, can't, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a bad word said against him Liam in terms of and then when he brought me to the club and you know it was just to just to come and look at the training at first and there was me Earl and the other Sully and and then you know asking me to stay and it was just it was just unbelievable I think I think it was right for 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 the club at that time because I think there was I felt like there was a bit of a gap between the the playing side and and obviously the the fans and trying to rekindle that relationship and I think you know trying to do that through somebody like yourself might, might have helped and I, I'd like to think it did for the short period of time that I was there and I really enjoyed it I, I loved my time at Staley Bridge you know I, I, I've always said that you know it's just just a, you know a, a fantastic place to go and work or to be you know to be part of so and then obviously when Liam left and then yeah I spoke to Philo and um Philo, Philo had the DC to ring me up and say, look, Saul, I've got my own team. But, and I was like, Philo, 
I appreciate the call, mate. If there's anything I can do to help, that's not a problem. And then, um, and then I, I ended up at Skelmersdale with Tommy, and then I went to Marine. And then um, I've ended up now at Lowbrecht, Lowbrecht Road, which is a local county side. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. You know, should have got promoted. Um, obviously, with everything that's going on and the null and void and all the rest of it, it's left a bit of a sour taste. But, you know, it, it, it's a place that's... That, you know, I think what, if I work or, or I'm involved, I give, I give everything that I've got in. You know, lower breath. If we can get to to the evil stick, then you know I think that'll be it for me. Then I think well, if we can get to the evil stick, I think I might just take a step back and just go and watch some games, or probably even get a season ticket somewhere. It's just, but it's just a, it's a, it's a it's a it's a job that I think until we get to that point, I don't, I don't think I'd be, I'd be able to rest easy simply because of all the hard work that goes on behind the scenes. You know, the manager Gary and Jim uh, Davis. You know, Mikey. You know, every, everybody involved at the club. You know, Ian and Little Dylan and people like that. You know, they're just, they're just people like me who are trying to give, give a local community something to be proud of, and I'm all for that because. I, that that was me, twenty years ago. You know, I was in the same position, just wanting to do better for myself, and wanting wanting to make, you know, make people proud of you for the right reasons rather than them looking up to you for the wrong reasons. Yeah, that's good to hear. So, um, final few questions for you. Um, you mentioned Trundle quite a bit in this yeah. podcast. Would you say he's the best player you play with at Staley Bridge, or is it anybody else? Um, technically, by far, but I, I couldn't. There were two. That Sebulwin inside was it. It had everything. If you needed. Somebody to go and throw the throw the, the the body on the line in the last minute. You didn't need need to look no further than Crooksy or Filson. If you need someone to do something just out unreal, like Marty McNeil, you know, just a flash of brilliance. You had Scotty, who was just an outstanding fullback with Degsy on the other side. He never. You know, who were hard to get past. If you, if I used to think it was tough getting past them in training, so I couldn't imagine how hard it was if they didn't like it. You know, there was just Brendan Burke when I first went there, just another fantastic player. I think that Sebelman inside, though, with that, you know, there were a lot of players. I think what probably a player who doesn't get much plaudits, but and I don't think people understand how important he was with Steve Jones, Jonah. What a player he was. Played centre played centre midfield, played up front, never moaned, got on with it, never got into any bother on the pitch, scored important goals, worked hard, not afraid of a tackle, and just a genuinely he was an he was a manager's dream as a as a player. I might have been a manager's nightmare now and again. 
Jonah was a manager's dream. So I'd probably say Jonah was probably one, probably the best player. Um, many people describe you as a funny man, uh, but you have to pick mm-hmm. another player from Staley Bridge. Who would you say the funniest player was? <laughs> Um, I would say Matty McNeil simply because he didn't realise how funny he was but it it was because when he was angry with me he used to make me laugh people would say to me Sully's going to kill you and I'd just go he's not right he's not going to do nothing to me he's my mate Matty and he'd just say go away from me now (laughs) he wouldn't let me sit next to him on the bus which used to make me laugh Kev Parr and Sid were funny, they, they, but Marty McNeil, some of the some of the things he would like, we'd say to him he's tight. He he, he like he would be tight. Do you know, like you know, you went to shop or something, or like you went and got beers or something. He, he just wouldn't buy. He he wouldn't spend spend no money, and we'd be stammering for it. And he'd just be like, "So what? I don't come here to spend my money." You know, and you know, he was just. He just made me laugh, and I made him laugh. But I think I only made him laugh out of pure frustration because I think mm-hmm. most of the time he wanted to kill me, but he just couldn't because he couldn't catch me. And and he just was me mate. He was a good lad. He was, Scotty was quite funny as well. Scotty, you know, if you ever get Scotty on here, make sure you don't get him on this screen because he's still absolutely good looking. I, I don't know how he <laughs> stayed the same. But to be fair to Scotty. He went bald at like 20-odd, so that used to make me giggle as well. <laughs> um, who was the worst dressed? What? Are you serious? Mm. Peter Ward was absolutely shocking. <laughs> oh, my word. Matty McNeil. Woo! Matty McNeil. The worst accent ever. Ever. Oh, Wow, wow, <laughs> the worst dress. Oh, Philly Wilson, he looked like you know, like an extra of Miami Vice in the <laughs> 80s, like what, like someone like in a nightclub in the background, just dancing or something. And you just looking, you could just imagine that to be Phil. Phil had some, and he used to think he wore a decent clobber, by the way, Phil, but he was, he was, he was, no, 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 no. Uh, who else wore some outrageous grip? Scott used to like a pair of Birkenstock sandals. <laughs> Sid was alright dressed. Party was okay. Um, Jonah was alright. Um, Matty. I mean, my great, my my club was always on. My club was always there. I thought that you do know that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. My grip is always my. It was heavy. Um, <laughs> oh wow. You've hit me with a good one there. Martin used to buy... I think Martin Filson started Giacomo, if I'm being honest with you. He, he, was, <laughs> he started Giacomo, therefore, Filson. Um, I'd have to say Wardy, you know, because Wardy tried to keep up with us all the time. and We'd be like, Pete, you can't wear that, you know, mate. And he'd be like, no, no, silly, it's all right, it's sound. I can wear it, it's all right. We'd be like, no, Pete, you're not coming out with us. Dress like that, mate. Oh, you're young. You're young, Sully. You're young. <laughs> I'll go with Wardy, yeah. <laughs> um, 
next one is going to be very hard. If you had to pick a five-a-side team, you don't have to have a goalkeeper, and you can put yourself in if you want. Who who would you pick? Five-a-side team. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have, I couldn't have Kev Parr and Sid. Oh, no. Well, yeah, I'd have Sid. I would have Kev Parr because Kev Parr should have been born with boots on his head because he was great in the air, but absolutely shocking with his feet. <laughs> um, Jonah would have to be in there. Matty McNeil. I'd have sons of Matty McNeil up top because that's got goals written all over it. I'd have Margie, Carl Marginson. Howard. Oh wow! Oh no, I can't. I've got to take them out. Um, I'm not playing myself. I can't play okay. myself because I've missed too many chances. Um, Dominic Crooks at the back. He was. He was. He was like the nicest. You know, Dominic Crooks was like one of those fellas you could imagine picking flowers in the day, but you put him on the pitch and he just like break people in half. He's <laughs> yeah. a monster on the pitch, but you could just imagine like working in it. You know, like a garden centre, like. Selling people lilies and chrysanthemums and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? But like, take him out of that, that pitch and put him on a pitch and he, he nails people. So I'd have to say Dominic Crooks. Uh, I couldn't have Gary Barres because he, he just wouldn't let me live it down. He, he picked me, kid. <laughs> Thanks, lad. Sorry, he talks, Gary. Uh, wow. Yeah, that son's. Marty McNeil up top. I'd go with Steve Jones, definitely. 100% Jonah. Um, I'd go with Matty, Will- Matty Willow and Dominic Crooks. There's me five. You won't hear the end from them now. No. You won't hear the end from them now. That you, you, you picked all uh, them. Yeah, they, they can all get picked this and the rest of them. What are they going to say to me? I used to, like, what are you going to do? Hey, come on. They're not going to do nothing to me. I'm sorry, Arnie. So you can give me all, you can give it to me all he wants. It's cool. <laughs> so that, that's everything from me. So before we go, is there anything you'd like to say before we end the podcast? Um, you know, I'd, uh, you know what? Obviously, I dedicated this podcast to um, Cowboy and to his partner Claire. But there's a lot of people at the club who, you know, you to this day are still, you know, still fondly remembered. Dorothy, you know, Peter Donnelly, Myra, you know, just like. I just want to say thank you to everybody that that supported me, that stood by me, that were there for me. You know, during that period of time, you don't people don't understand, you know, how close, you know, how difficult life was. You know, just just you know, just being where I was from and what was expected of me, you know, leaving school and with nothing. And football was the only thing where I ever really gained any sort of respect. So when you go to a place where 
you're unknown, nobody knows you. And within within one month, you, you feel as though you're part of this family that where people in the stands embrace you and bring you in and, you know, people put their arm around you and, and, and people, you know, are, are so happy to see you all the time. You know, it was just... Just um, I just want to say thank you to everybody that, that was there or that was involved at the club during my time at the club because you don't understand you know, how much he's meant to me and how much he's still doing me to me. So I just want to say thank you to every single one of you. I want to say thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak on this podcast. You know, I just... You know, I'm 46 years of age and I'm still... You know, people still want to hear my story at Daily Bridge. Just unbelievable. It's it means so much. You don't understand how much it means to me. I just want to say thank you to everybody. I hope it's been fun. I hope yeah, you, you've had a laugh. Um, yeah. I mean Liverpool fair, started. I'm a Liverpool fan. Ah, yeah. I'd rather be listening to this at the minute. <laughs> I'm glad you'd said that because I'm, <laughs> I'm not looking to swore to Sati. Um, you know, and plus, you know. I might not actually be here if it wasn't for... Well, another reason as well is... Uh, this is I'll finish you with this one. So we were travelling to a game, me and Ronnie Goldburn, and we're driving down the country lane on the way to Staley Bridge, and uh, Trundle never turned up. And if Trundle would have turned up, I'd have been in the back of the car, and Trundle would have sat in the front, because he normally played before me, so you'll have to let him stretch his legs out. And um, we crashed head on on the country lane and ended up in the farmer's field. And me bag got... And, I think it was Gerald drove me home after I'd been to the hospital and Gerald drove me to, to my house at two o'clock in the morning or half one in the morning and he pulled up outside and he said, is this where you live? And I went, yeah. And I've never, I, I, when you see fear in someone's face, <laughs> he was in the middle of, of my estate and he was just like, Wow, he doesn't couldn't understand that. That's where I came from. That's where I was from, you know. When you know, my bag got found in the farmer's field four days later, and I was back playing within two or three weeks because, you know, that's that's what I, what I was supposed to do for Daily Bridge. But even things like that, I don't forget that. I don't yeah. forget that one of the club's directors drove me home at half one in the morning because. I'd been to hospital because I'd been in a in a in an RTA on my way to the game. Yeah. You know, little things like that. They're things that I'll always I always hold dear because, you know, that's what that's what it meant to be part of Stadium with Celtic. Yeah. So is that thank you so much. Is that the same one it just brought one to my mind now? Where they say you went to the chippy on a Friday night? Oh Ugh. like so. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that story isn't entirely true, but it it's true enough. I did fall off a bike. Um, so back then I used to like I used to like motorbikes, and um, it was a Friday, and my friends got we we got my friends had got bought a, a motorbike, um, like a scrambler type bike, and um, I've. I said to Gizago, it was I, it was in the afternoon. I jumped on the bike, so I'm going by by ours. Not supposed to, obviously, 
but back then because I thought it was evil can evil. Um, and I was of, as of there was like a there's like a field by man, and on the field there's like a big gravel like a ten, there was like a tennis court gravel court. And I've come across the field, and as I come on the gravel court, I've lost control of the bike, fell off the bike. And I've hurt my knee, and I've, think I've, I've done my elbow. So I've got, got back round to the eyes, and I'm thinking, oh, I've got a game tomorrow. So um, I've turned up for the game. We're playing a... Um, why am I thinking it's games, but at away, or Geisley away, or somewhere. And on the bus, I'm in absolute agony, by the way. My statue stuck to my arm, and it stuck to my knee. <laughs> and... Um, Philly Wilson is like he's 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 come he's asked me to go down and he's gone to me, What's up with you? Was you out last night? And I went, I don't go out on a Friday, like, well, what's up with you? And I said, I've uh, fell off a bike. Said, what do you mean you fell off a bike? And when I showed him, he knew I hadn't been I hadn't fell off a bike. So he said, Tell me what happened. I told him I'd fell off a pedal bike and I told him I got knocked out. I, I said I went again and I said I'd, I'd gone to get fish and chips and got knocked off a bike. And that same week, Martin Filson jammed his hand in a car door. So he jammed his hand, broke his hand and his fingers in the car. And I'd, I'd come off uh, a motorbike. And this is the truth of that story. So Phil, I'm sorry, Gaffer. <laughs> uh, I, was, um, I was being stupid. And uh, yeah, and well, when I walked in the changing rooms, one of the lads threw a ball and hit me elbow, and I nearly passed out because it was that. Honest to God, my my arm, my arm was all swollen. I, I could barely move my arm. I could barely walk. And Philly knew when I was on the bus that there was something up with me. And um, I think I think you know, I don't. I didn't know me as well. COVID, I, everyone knew that I'd been I'd been up to something, but I just never told them what I was up to. I felt too. Um, I felt too embarrassed to be fair, but the two out now. It's been twenty odd years, so I'm sure they'll forgive you now. It's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still don't forgive myself though, because my arms, my arm hurts when it gets cold. <laughs> and should we uh, try and sort of pre-season friendly at Balfour when when the times are normal again? I would love that if you if if you could. Get Lowell Breath to come down and play. That would be fantastic. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I'll be in touch closer to the time when we're allowed to play football again. Honestly, if you could do that, it'd be brilliant to come back. Thank you so much. Is the mural still on the wall? Have you still got that mural of us on the bus? On the yes. wall? <laughs> that open top bus parade, we were driving down on the top of the bus and we were looking, thinking, we look a bit stupid here. As soon as we turned into the town centre, we were like, oh my God, how many people's here? There must have been, there, there was quite a few, you know, we were quite surprised with the turnout that we got. The whole town was out, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Good times. But no, thank you so much. Thanks for, thanks for the opportunity. And as I say, look, if there's, you know, if there's anything that I can do to help support the club in any way, shape or form. You know, everybody knows. You know where I am. And um, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate that. It's been good to talk to you. Thank you. Not a problem. Cheers, mate.